Thank you for tuning into Destiny House Church as we seek to draw closer to Jesus. We're so glad you've joined us today. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Court or one of the other anointed speakers as we pursue the Father's heart.
Yeah.
Father, many are, are expecting and waiting, ready for you to receive us up, for you to be at a place where the Father tells you to come and get his children. And so Jesus, we look forward to your soon appearing. But before you do come, I pray that you would give us the boldness and the strength in these last days to continue fighting against these principalities and these powers, this wickedness and dark places. God, we thank you that you have given us the boldness and the anointing to stand fast in these days of, of terror and of tyranny, God, that your face is the city that shines on a hill, God, that it is your likeness, it is your spirit, it is you, God. You are the one that we are here for tonight on this Christmas Eve. We celebrate the amazing gift that you gave us in your Son. And we ask, God, that you would allow us these few minutes tonight to worship you, to hear from you, to be reminded that our children and our grandchildren, our sons and daughters, the people that are not living for you right now, that even in the coming weeks, in the coming months, God, we are believing that they will be set free from this relationship that they have with the world and that they would start a real relationship with you. God, I pray that you would use this time, this evening, for your power and for your glory, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys can be seated for just a few minutes. Yeah, can we go ahead and give the Lord a hand?
um, wrote some things down. I usually don't write things down. I just kind of ad lib a little bit. But I, I do want to read a part of this. And 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 first, I do I do want to pray again, Father. I'm just so grateful to you that you have given us a church family tonight to be a part of of people that that love and care about each other. God, I thank you for um, those that are members here, those those that are not members here, those that are are, are planted here, those that are visiting, um, uh, those that maybe you came tonight with with family and and. You're just you're with your family tonight, and that's really the reason why you came, and that's that's okay. But Father, I pray that you would bless these next few minutes uh, in a way that only you can, Father. That you would subtract me, in my opinion, and that you would replace that with a revelation uh, that you want to give all of us a simple as I believe that it is, and as simple as I believe other people will think that it is, it's not as simple for others. And I don't want to diminish tonight um, what this night stands for and how huge it was for you to send the greatest gift that you could have sent us in your Son. And so, Father, I ask that you would help us to lean in these next few minutes and hear what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name. Tonight as believers, we celebrate an Eve that brings with it a hope for tomorrow and a hope for eternity. This Eve signifies innocence and righteousness in the form of a baby. This Eve brings to um, our shores, the greatest gift, as I just prayed, uh, the gift of a father giving his son away for the sins of the world and all the blessings that come with him. This very eve, unfortunately, in America has become about entertainment instead of establishment, the visible establishment of Jesus as king over all. This is an eve we celebrate with great excitement, maybe for many different reasons, but nonetheless we are all excited in some way, an excitement that only a true believer can possibly comprehend. But there's a flip side to this story of innocence and, and purity, a different face to this man that we've received as Savior and Deliverer. I was reading an article the other day, and you know, Candace and I, the boys, you know, we were uh, in Wyoming for almost two years before we we took this church and, 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 and moved here, and we really didn't have a lot of time for travel, um, so I didn't know about this until I read this article, but the article is about this, this kind of this, this uh, uh, rocky area in Yellowstone National Park on, on the Wyoming side of Yellowstone. And there's this, this rock in this face of this cliff looks like any other granite piece of rock in Yellowstone, but it's extremely different. On the outside, it looks normal and it looks, it looks like it's just, hey, 
you know, a, a nice slab for your kitchen, right? But underneath it, it's one of the most precious glass that you can find on the planet. And it's so precious that it, when you cut it and you slice it a certain way with a laser, um, it, is, it is used primarily for one specific tool um, that's dispatched throughout the world. It's very expensive and it's a, it's a surgical scalpel. And the name of this glass is called obsidian. And this obsidian rock, this glass, uh, right when I read this article, I said, you know what? The, this is something God's going to speak to me about. And, he, and it didn't happen right then, but in the next couple of days, God began to pour out to me and say, this, this scalpel, um, this, the, this glass, this, this fine material, this best of the best element um, to become a scalpel is exactly what my son is going to be in this world. Now, I know on Christmas Eve there is there is a there is a traditional thing in America that says the pastor is gonna spend time talking about baby Jesus and Mary. These are all important people, right? Mary's pretty important, alright? Jesus definitely important, okay? Alright? But there's kind of this mandate when you come on Christmas Eve, and people have always said this to me. Hey, Pastor, can you just give us a traditional Christmas Eve sermon? No. I cannot. I cannot. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. The why is for the visitors that are in this room tonight. The why is for the visitors that may listen to this on Spotify later. You are the why. The why is why I'm briefly going to talk about Jesus as the one that as we celebrate his birth, it is the beginning of him coming to this earth as that sharp edge and cutting away the things that are not of him. And trying to teach us through 33 and a half years living on this earth. He taught and he taught and he taught. He taught his parents. And he taught everybody what it meant to live in the state of love. And I'm going to tell you, the church is not very good at living in the state of love. We, we're, we're really good at living in the state of pointing a finger and judging other people, but we're not really um, good at just loving people where they are. And that's what Jesus did. He loved people where they were. And he's doing the same thing right now. Did you know right now in this, in this time frame, this is called the dispensation of grace. In other words, things haven't really gotten bad yet. Because the grace of God is still available to all of you today. Whether you come to this church or not, only you and the Lord know if you have a relationship with His Son. And I would love it if for those of you 
that don't have a relationship with Jesus would start one tonight. I'm not going to call you up. I'm not going to give you a visitor card. I'm not going to ask you to do anything outlandish. But I am going to ask you to make a commitment to Father God so that your life can be changed in an instant. Amen. And I want you to know I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about church attendance. You don't even have to speak to me again. What I'm talking about is you having real dialogue with the Father and saying, God, I have been living my life. In fact, some of you call yourselves Christians, but you're not. Because a Christian is somebody that follows hard after Jesus. It's somebody that does not want to spend their life in sin anymore. It's somebody that is convicted for the sin that is still in their life. It's somebody that wants to be pleasing to their heavenly father. It's somebody that's got a fire down deep on the inside of them that says nothing in no one else's opinion matters about me except God. The flip side of this is Jesus enters into the scene as a miracle infant. But we're not talking about a baby tonight. We're talking about full-grown adult Jesus. And full-grown adult Jesus knows exactly where you guys are tonight. And he knows how destitute you are in your spirit, some of you. Some of you don't even know how to reach out to God, and I'm going to tell you how to do that in a minute. But I, I would implore you, I would beg you, I would, I would ask you politely or offensively, however you want to take it in order to listen, is that what if tonight, what if actually, not, not, not a metaphor, not, not any weird example, but what if your life was taken from you before Christmas Day tomorrow? What if? Among the names of Jesus Christ is Prince of Peace. And such verses as Isaiah 9, 6 and Luke 2, 14 and John 14, 27 make it clear that Jesus came to bring peace. But that peace is between the man and God. Those who reject him. Reject his way, reject his salvation, according to John 14, 6, will find themselves perpetually at war with God. I say this a couple of times a year, and I didn't plan on saying this, but the Bible is very clear that you can, you can die once or you can die twice. If you die once, that means that you died in a relationship with Jesus and, and you, went, you went directly from taking your last breath here on earth to being in the presence of God. Did you know that when you die, if somebody were to pass away right now, did you know that even as a Christian, you're not automatically in heaven right then? We're not at that point yet. But you are in some form at uh, some way in the presence of the living God. But if you die and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, now what happened is you missed your opportunity to be saved. 
What, what if Christmas Eve is, let me, just, let me just say this a bit more forcefully. What if this Christmas Eve was your one and only, your last opportunity? See, Americans get hundreds of opportunities to accept Jesus, most of them throughout their life. But what if you're a 20-something, a 30-something, a 50-something, a 40-something, a whatever age you are? And this actually is the last opportunity on God's calendar for you to accept his son tonight. See, some of you, that you don't, you're not in fear about that because you think you're young and you think you can maintain and you think that you'll have time. But your life, the Bible tells us, your life is like a mist. Just like that vape you're smoking, it's like a mist. It's gone in an instant. Your life is gone in an instant. And it's not a joke. It's not anything to laugh about. It's, it's, that is how quick your life is going to go, all of us. If you came here tonight... Wanting to be comforted by baby Jesus, I can't give you that. But I can present to you the adult Jesus that died for your sins, that is willing to accept you right where you are. You don't have to do anything to change except be obedient to him and enter into a relationship through repentance. Did you know that this church, me, a priest, a pastor, an evangelist, none of, none of us can save you? Did you know that your, your mom can't save you and your dad can't save you and your brother can't save you? I'm saying things that you guys have heard a million times. But what if this Christmas Eve is your only opportunity to accept Christ? Pastor, why are you trying to scare people? Well, I've done this for years, and I, I love scaring people. Be, because it's a, it's a real kind of scare. It's, it's legitimate. It's not science fiction. It's not a horror movie that you watch and you get scared and it's over with, or a roller coaster that you get anxious in the line waiting to get on, and then you get on it in two and a half minutes and it's, it's over with and you're back to your regular life. No, what happens when you die if you don't have Jesus? It absolutely is not even over at that point. Now, your new life and your new eternity begins. Every person in this room will live forever. Every person in this room will live forever. Let that sink in. That goes for all of you older adults that think you're the best Christian in the room. And that goes for all of you young people that think you have so much time left. I want to read something to you that you know well. Most of you, and then I'm going to quit. And I spilled my communion juice, so I'll need another one of those as well. Thank you. That's, uh, Carrie, clean that up on the floor later for me. Praise God. Okay. <laughs> so listen to this. Y'all know the very first part of this. Most everyone in here, 
John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Did you catch that? By not accepting Jesus, you have condemned yourself. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. That the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. They love their sin rather than they loved Father God. Because their deeds were evil for Everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. Now, it's amazing to me at the state of where we are even as Americans, if we don't speak even on a worldwide sense, how many Americans were born with parents that were Christians and they're still not Christians because they've seen the church act like a bunch of fools and idiots. They've seen the church and pastors do crazy things time and time and time again. And I get it, guys. There's times in my life and ministry where I have despised church. Amen. I have despised the legalism. I have despised the religion. I have despised the mandated, uh, man-made rules and regulations. I have despised many, many things about authority and, and all of these written things that God didn't come up with, but man came up with. But let me tell you what God came up with. He came up with John 3, 16. Amen. He came up with, yeah, amen. So praise team, if y'all could come back up. Oh, look, you're here. Thank you. If y'all could stand up, brother. Listen. We are, we are far from being a perfect church. I am certainly very far from being what God wants me to be. But one thing we do right here is we give people the opportunity to simply say yes to Jesus. To say yes to a relationship with Him. Now, I could, I could say this for another hour, but it's not going to do you any good or me. God has said what he's, he's needed to say tonight. And I want you guys to just close your eyes here for a few minutes. I want you to take this moment very serious. In fact, I want you to take this moment as the most serious moment in your life. You may not agree with that. 
But if you're here tonight and you would say, Lord, I'm not sure I have a relationship with God. Because I'm not sure I have a relationship with His Son. The Bible tells us very clearly that you cannot have a relationship with the Father unless you accept Jesus, His Son, as your Savior. If that has not been accomplished, you are not a Christian. And can I remind you guys that you're not a Christian because you go to church. You're not a Christian because of whatever you do that you think is Christian. What makes a person a Christian is having an intimate relationship with Jesus. Don't have to be perfect. You're going to struggle. You're going to have issues. You're going to have problems. But guess what? Seated right with you and all those issues and all those problems is a Savior that will never leave you or abandon you. He will always be right there with you. And many times, He will take that problem and that issue and He will heal it immediately. And other times, He will say, you know what? I'm not going to touch that issue right now the way that you think I am. But I'm going to use what's going on in your life to get you closer to me. Some of you guys have been putting this off for a long time. I don't want you to do this for your family. I don't want you to do this for anybody else. I want you to do this for Jesus tonight. If you're here tonight, I want to make this very simple. If you're here tonight and you are not sure where you are going when you die, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you to put your hand up very quickly for me. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else here tonight that would say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not sure where I'm going when my life ends. Anybody else tonight? Yes. something right now and I want y'all to keep your keep your seats and, and keep your eyes closed for those four or five of you that lifted your hand and for all the rest of you that did not lift your hand but you know you needed to did you know right now you still have an opportunity to start a relationship with God and move into what it means to live for him I'm going to speak out a prayer, but I want to tell you something about this prayer. I can speak out this prayer and you can say it and nothing happened. you got to believe it. The Bible describes it as, a, as faith like a mustard seed. Do you have to believe everything about God right now? Absolutely not. But you do have to believe that Jesus is is his son and he died for you to take away your sins to live with you for the holy spirit to live inside you've got to believe in jesus right now and if you only believe in jesus uh, the size of a mustard seed i want you to pray this prayer 
And I want you to hold on to that small amount of faith because in the coming days and the coming weeks and specifically the coming months, your faith is going to increase. When you talk to him, when you read the word, when you spend time with him, when he speaks back to you, your faith will build and your faith will also build when he doesn't speak to you. raise your hand if you didn't raise your hand and you're ready joined by the rest of the folks in here that are already Christians that are already serving Jesus I want us to pray this prayer together I want you to mean it with all that you are let's make a commitment to start a relationship with him right now will you say this out loud say Jesus I give you my life. Please forgive me of all my sins, the ones I've committed against myself, against others, and against you. Please forgive me right now. I am yours. I don't want to live the way I've been living. I want to live for you. I want to chase after you. You are my Lord right now and my Savior. And I accept you as that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, can we give the Lord a hand?